What's up, everybody? This is Eve with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. For those of you who don't know, I'm a physical therapist, and this podcast is dedicated to giving you the right health and fitness information that is both practical, actionable, and evidence-based. This is season two of the podcast, and we are so excited. We're going to have a little less interviewing. We're going to do some more topic-based discussions with myself and some of the made-to-move physical therapy and performance team. Maybe have some guest hosts out there. We are so excited for season two. Thank you so much for joining us and supporting us. If you have any questions for me or the crew, just search Healthy Charleston on Instagram or you can reach out to us directly at made to move pt.com that is the number two thanks so much see you soon what's up charleston uh we're here recording the healthy charleston podcast uh i'm dane i'm here with uh dr shiver matt shiver uh we've also got uh don and kathleen oswalt here with eat love triathlon um so thank you all for for coming out and hanging out with us yeah thank sure. you yeah Thanks absolutely <laughs> so we um you know we we have a bunch of different guests on um from all different walks of the health and fitness world. And uh, so I want to just start off with letting you all just introduce yourselves, um, introduce your company, kind of background, how you got to this um, place with Eat Love Triathlon, and then we'll just kind of dive down the rabbit hole from there. Okay. Okay. Do you want to start? Okay. <laughs> no, you go. No, you go. <laughs> okay, I'll start. Um, I am a registered dietitian, and I've been a registered dietitian for gosh at least 15 years. I am originally from California, and so that's where I got my degree. I did my bachelor's degree at Chico State, yeah. and I got my master's there. While I was trying to finish up my master's, I came out to Charleston and did my dietetic internship at MUSC. That's a good internship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was, it was a little scary because it was <laughs> completely all the way across the country. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't know a soul, but um, it was really fun. There were a good group of us. It was all ladies, all girls, you know, most of the time it is in dietetics. <laughs> um, so we made friends really quickly and had a really good time. So when the internship was over, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. Was I going to stay here? Was I going to go back to California? And I, I said, if I can find a job within three months, I'll stay. And so I did. I found a job. And my first job was at a dialysis clinic. Oof, and, nice. Yeah. So I was there for almost three years. And then I really wanted to get into um, the government system because I knew um, that I could move around with that. Right. So my plan was to try to get into the VA hospital and then hopefully someday move back to California. <laughs> so I got into the VA hospital and uh, my plan was to move back to California and then I met Don. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't move. I stayed here. So yeah. I was at the VA hospital for about 11 years. And then um, in the meantime, we were kind of talking about starting up um, something together with nutrition and triathlons. And I guess I'll kind of let you mm -hmm. tell your story and then we can talk about how Eat Love Triathlon came. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and, and so... The other part of that is you went out into private practice. Oh, yeah. Totally forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I left the um, well part. Okay, so so I was at the VA hospital, and and towards you know my the end of my eleven years there, I um, just was having a hard time because it wasn't really why I became a or it what I wasn't doing the thing that I loved. You know, I didn't come become a dietitian to work in the hospital and do a lot of, you know, sick care, I really wanted to do more of the preventative stuff. And so I kind of got into that cycle being in the hospital. I always did inpatient clinical stuff. Um, So I really, you know, the more I thought about like my personal values, our values as a couple, you know, we're very healthy and obviously I'm active, but he's very active and it just didn't really line up anymore. So wanted to do something different and I thought, you know, why not um, have a private practice where I could kind of, I could be my own boss, I could do the things that I wanted to do, I can have control over all of that. So I went into private practice and my focus was health, um, gut health. So really working mostly with females and just helping them um, overcome lots of either um, gut health issues or gut issues, gut health issues, lots of different symptoms and autoimmune disorders, things like that. So yeah, yeah and I've been doing that for almost three years, not quite. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's great to move out on, on your own yeah. and, and kind of take control, right? Yeah. Yes. I love it. It's so much, uh, it's just so much more fulfilling in yeah. the sense of I feel like I'm really helping people kind of take control of their health. They're feeling so much better. And it's more of, you know, they've kind of gone through a lot of that. Uh, lots of doctor's visits, lots of specialists, sometimes ER, sometimes hospital, but now they're they're on this other side of oh I've I've kind of helped them empower themselves and so they can take care of their health better. Yeah, and in that I don't know like clinical setting like the hospital type setting it's so difficult where like you mentioned sick care but it's also it's just like from a mental and emotional standpoint like mm-hmm. a lot of those people aren't necessarily ready to right. have a discussion surrounding their diet and you know like mm-hmm. they're they're. You know, like you said, they have zero control when they're in their environment. They just get whatever is given to them. And, you know, but then it's more, it's way more in depth than that to make a lasting change once they leave. And you've got no control over that as the practitioner now. So. Right, right. It, you know, that's one of the things I always said that when people are in the hospital, you know, and, and sometimes you're even going into somebody's room in the ICU to talk yeah. to them about a low sodium right. diet <laughs> or, you know, how to eat healthier. You're like, yeah, healthy. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's really no environment to try to be teaching somebody about nutrition. So, um, yeah, whether they're in the ICU or they're on the floor, they're just, they don't feel good or we're catching them right before they, they leave and they're sitting on the edge of the bed just thinking about getting out of the hospital right, and wanting yeah, to get home not anxious, about their right? diet. So, um, yeah, it just wasn't really the best environment to be educating people on how to eat better. And it takes more than one visit. You know, they're not always coming back to see the outpatient dietitian. You have to talk about this over and over and over, not just, you know, one time for 10 Mm -hmm. minutes or less. Is that what it looked like? Would it be you see somebody once, only once? For me, because I was inpatient, Mm -hmm. so I would be catching them, you know, 
probably one time, like I said, while they're sitting on the edge of the bed ready to go home or in their, they're in the ICU. But when they're in the ICU, then they move to the floor. They've kind of lost all their educational materials. Mm. I might not catch them. Mm-hmm. They might go to a different floor where I'm not. So it's just, it gets really confusing in the hospital. So definitely not the, again, it's not the best place to be educating. And I feel like I just have so much more control over what my clients get in in the sense of, you know, we're meeting consistently and talking and building off of the information. So they're really learning so much more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so... So how did Dawn come in and ruin all this for you now? (laughs) (laughs) She was headed to California and I... I, Yeah, I I was heading to California trying to find a job at a VA hospital there. And uh, gosh, that was probably 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Yeah, yeah. 11 years ago. And um, yeah, we just kind of became friends and... (laughs) That's great. <laughs> then started dating, and yeah. now we're married. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And so she the story actually goes. found a job in California and turned it down. Wow. To stay here, so that was yeah. Pretty, yeah. I'd actually cool. sold my house. Oh wow. Had a job this in California. Yeah. <laughs> 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 took a chance. She and took a it, big chance. It worked out. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. That's great. So, so how does Dawn um, fit into to the category the eat love triathlon? Yeah, you know I. Um, I moved here in 2003 from Oregon, actually. He's a West Coaster, too, Um, but we met here. Okay. (laughs) I spent a lot of time in Oregon and um, been in the printing printing industry, run presses, um, anywhere from the production end to the sales end. So I'm in sales right now. I've been in sales for, wow, um, probably going on 15 years, 15, 20 years, and... um, so when I moved here, um, I had um, my ex-wife at the time and um, my son, and we we kind of had hit a rocky spot, and yeah. um, so we got a divorce. And I was going through in the middle of going through that, just needed something to keep my mind off of all the junk that was going on, and and I'd always wanted to do a triathlon, and so I had friends. Um, that I knew that had done triathlons and they were like, you know, they heard about my <laughs> desire to um, do just that. Try it. Yeah, easy. just drink the Kool-Aid. Though. Yeah, yeah, exactly, the Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah, and so I did my first sprint um, at James Island, borrowed a bike and didn't you know, really know how to swim very much and um, just, yeah, caught the bug and yeah. just started to kind of dabble a little bit into the triathlon world and then... Um, you know, kind of did that and then started running and then Kathleen and I met, um, and then she had a friend that was kind of more of the running end. So I started doing, um, marathon, half marathons, marathons, and then, um, kind of transferred back into doing more triathlon. And Mm -hmm. so it was kind of a progression of just, um, realizing that I'm, I'm pretty good in my age group at mm-hmm. doing that. So it was like it really fueled the fire right. to want to kind of be and get better. Um, so Kathleen and I, um, you know, started dating and, and getting serious and, and all of that. And it, 
you know, to be honest, I don't know if we'll even get into that, but, mm -hmm. you know, it really caused kind of a, a friction between us because I hear I had uh, a desire. He drank to, the Kool-Aid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I drank yeah. the Kool-Aid yeah. big time. And, and it really caused, and, and we've come a long way of, of really kind of finding a balance, but in the beginning it was difficult to really... Um, you know, because I was focused so much on wanting to improve my performance and be as good as I can be, but at the same time, you know, not really focusing my attention and energy on our relationship. So it really, I mean, it took us a while to figure out how to kind of really navigate that. And, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there are, are a lot of athletes that in relationships have that struggle just because of the fact that you know, it's it's a balance, especially if you weren't doing that and you're if you're married or have a relationship and then you dive in, it's like, you know, what what the hell's going on here? You know, where right. do I fit in this picture? And so it that's been a really big um thing for us to try to figure out. Yeah. 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 And I think we'll definitely kind of dive into that um, as we go along uh, through this because you're not alone. And I think a lot of sports have it, whether it's weightlifting or, right. you know, um, you know, anything that requires a time commitment and, and even beyond that, a financial yeah. commitment and everything else that gets right. into sure. there. Yeah. Um, but before we go down that road, um, were, what was what did you guys look like before um, the triathlon? Like, were you doing like athletics back before that? Like, is there a background and then Kathleen for you too? Like, a athletic wise, but also like why a registered dietitian? That's uh, you know, those are kind of unique. Um, yeah, for well, tell them when you, about you did your first Ironman in two thousand thirteen. Yeah, two thousand thirteen did my first Ironman and um, did pretty good. I, 10 hours and 18 minutes which is you know fairly good yeah and I was like wow okay better than I'll ever do <laughs> excuse me but um yeah I mean and that was that was fun and then um really took that next year off and we got married yeah we got married in 14 and and then in 15 decided that I'd try to do one more and see if I could qualify for yeah Coleman. And um, so did Ironman Chattanooga and um, came in fourth place and they had four spots going to Kona, which I was totally surprised <laughs> at. So it's usually one, two or three. It's rare that they have four spots going. So that was a huge, I mean, it was, it was a, it was a battle just to, to get to fourth place, but it was, it was pretty amazing to, to to get to go yeah that's awesome in 16 I mean, so there's a lot of people um, that are trying to get there and will yeah. always be trying to get there yeah to, to do that in my second um fall is, yeah is pretty pretty crazy that's so cool it's, but growing up i mean i did track in high school a little bit um played a little football but from high school till probably my mid 40s I did hardly anything yeah you know I just I wasn't I always had that desire to eat healthy and to be healthy but it just never was I never had the right environment or the right um you know um community mm -hmm. to really develop that so it was it was kind of cool and it really um sparked sparked that in me once I figured out that hey this is a 
this is where I want to be and what I want to do yeah. as far as you know being healthy and staying healthy. Yeah, the community is so important. In any um, endeavor, yeah. or sport, yeah. business, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you're a business owner too, correct? I mean, right. more than one business at this yeah. point. And uh, community, um, the people you surround yourself with make a huge impact huge. on right. uh, your accomplishments, whether it's an Ironman right. or successful business or you know, playing football as a, as a youth, like whatever, it, it doesn't right. matter. Right. So for me, I'm not good. I've never really been in sports. <laughs> um, I feel like I was always like the last one to be picked for team at school, you know, PE and all of that. But um, when I graduated from high school, I what I really wanted to do was be a flight attendant. That was what I really wanted to do. I love to travel, I love to fly, but I wasn't old enough. There was an age restriction and yeah. I was 17 when I graduated and I can't remember what it was anymore, but it, was, it wasn't just a year away, it was a few years. So I knew that wasn't really gonna work and I was just kind of floundering. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And at one point I thought about being a dental hygienist and then I kind of, you know, gave up on that. And my, my mom was trying to feed me ideas, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and she really liked the thought of me going into some type of healthcare position because, you know, typically there is, there are jobs available. Right. In job healthcare. security. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So yeah. she had mentioned nutrition and so I took a few nutrition courses and I really liked it. And so that's kind of how I ended up in dietetics. And um, yeah, so and I think the field is really starting to grow. You know, when you do, I was just talking to somebody else about this. When you do your internship, there's three different routes. There's clinical, food service or community. But I think now we're just seeing so many more things exploding for dietitians that they can do and and i think we're starting to talk about that much sooner yeah you know you feel like you're kind of locked into one of those paths and even if you take you know you have to take one of those paths in your internship there's just so much more you can do after yeah. that and i think private practice is really exploding yeah absolutely very um enticing for people so that's yeah. good yeah but you still i mean you're well still i mean active i'm active yeah and it's not like she does triathlons <laughs> like I if do, i but... compare myself to him i'm like uh no yeah. but i like obviously yes i like to it's part of living a healthy lifestyle right mm -hmm. part of being a dietitian is you know eating healthy of course that's kind of my main thing is the, nu the nutrition, the food part of it, but I like to stay active too, yeah. So I do have a bike, Yeah. and I started to learn bikes. how to swim, <laughs> and now I just have to get my foot not fixed. I have a neuroma on the bottom of my foot, so not, yeah, yeah, yeah. not too exactly. good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> For our listeners, let's kind of go over, like, what, what is triathlon? Because I think that's, that's one of those things that we hear run, bike, swim, but, like, distances there's different categories and all that stuff like what does that mean to you triathlon yeah I mean for me are you talking about the sport. different distances yeah. yeah I mean there's the sprint tries which are short um, then there's the Olympic and then there's a half Ironman and then a full Ironman um, you know the sprints generally a seven eight hundred uh, meter swim yards um and then you know a 13 12 to 13 mile an hour mile bike and then a 5k generally a, you know 3.1 miles and then all the way up to the ironman distance where it's a 2.4 mile swim 
and um, 112 mile bike <laughs> and then a full marathon. So um, can run the gamut. And, you know, for me, triathlon has really been that um, it enabled me to gain confidence mm-hmm. and um, the community, like you guys said. I mean, it's really um, brought me into kind of a, a better person, a better um, employee, a better boss, a better husband. I mean, it really makes you a better person in 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 the sense of really just because of the dedication, the commitment, and you know, just all the things that go into the training as as any kind of sport or you know, even weightlifting or, mm-hmm. or CrossFit. I mean, it's still a com- big commitment. It really boosts your confidence and um, it gives you the ability to say, you know, I can push myself to be better. I mm-hmm. can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that, you know, feeds into so many other areas of your life. That, yeah. That's we just huge. did a podcast on Friday about, um, you know, the listeners won't know if it was Friday or whenever it was, but <laughs> right. we just did a podcast about youth athletes and talked about like the uh, importance of it from a confidence standpoint yeah. and just, um, you know, helping with their self-esteem and everything else. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. exactly. So you mentioned the training part of there. I'd like to know, I have an idea idea behind you on the boards, actually. We're going over <laughs> someone's training volume, but for the listeners, like, to build up to the mileage of a half Ironman or an Ironman, like, give us a like a weekly training <laughs> overview. What does that look like for like you? Like an average yeah. volume. Yeah. 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 I mean, when I'm when I'm building to an Ironman, I mean, it it can be anywhere from 15 to 20 hours a week of of training. You know, and that doesn't count the commute getting to the gym or right. getting to wherever you're going to bike or whatever, but yeah, it's a it's a huge huge time commitment. And, you know, um you know, swimming at least three days a week, you know, biking mm-hmm. four days a week, and then running at least three to four. Um, it just depends. Yeah. At the you height know. of the training belt, like how many miles do you think that is in total? Yeah, do you I mean, know? you know, running wise, you, I'm usually between 30 and 40 miles, 50, up to 50 miles a, a week. week. Yeah. Yeah. And then biking, you know, you're anywhere from two to 300 yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> a lot. A lot of miles. And, um, you know, swimming, you know, if, if, you know, you're probably, I don't know how many miles that would be, but probably <laughs> in three to four uh, thousand meters uh, a set. So you're, you know, so you're in at least an hour yeah. or over in the, in the water each time you're there. So it's, it's a huge thing. And then. That and something that you guys have really instilled in me, and which I've done in the past, but last year I didn't do as much, is the strength training, and I really appreciated, you know, the the program that you guys have put together that has enabled me to kind of feel um, stronger and and build up those muscle groups that will, you know, that you can enact or um, you know incorporate into your swimming biking running so mm-hmm. it's it's definitely um, a part uh, a missing link in a lot of triathlete or athletes um, skill set just the fact that they can um, and it doesn't have to be huge stuff just yeah, doing, of course. doing some strength training 
that, that can enable to activate those muscle groups that you need during those activities. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Appreciate that. I know Matt, Matt enjoys uh, getting with the athletes. It's fine. One thing I was thinking about when you were outlining, you know, like you said, you weren't an athlete and, and mm-hmm. talking and then he was outlining his training schedule and kind of that volume is mm-hmm. like really, you know, I think a lot of the listeners and the reason the Healthy Charleston podcast was kind of started was to help educate people, give people ideas of what's out there, but also um, to help relate with people. And um, so I was wondering what both of your definition of kind of like that fitness or that health and wellness is, because... Mm-hmm. I think you guys are very, you know, you have different parts of the spectrum. And so um, I would be interesting to hear. I guess my idea, you know, with the activity part is just moving your body, you know, trying to move your body, your body (laughs) most days out of the week, whether for some people it's just walking um, or some people it's, you know, training for miles and miles and miles. But, uh, you know, I know for me, I I go to the gym. I go to MUSC Wellness Center, so I do classes there, which is really helpful. Yeah, it's a great gym. Mm-hmm. And I like to have classes because it holds me accountable. Yeah. <laughs> I need that. Um, but, you know, I try to do that, try to maybe swim once a week, get on the bike, on the trainer, or, yeah, once a week as well. And um, then I do Orange Theory Fitness once nice. a week, yeah, just to kind of mix it up. I that's kind of what I need, I guess, for um, activity-wise. And then just like on a healthy level, it's that activity, moving your body, and then just trying to you know eat fairly healthy and eat the food you enjoy and love, and yeah. you know find some balance in there. Yeah, I think balance is huge, right? Like we hear that yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. You know, yeah. Don, how does that contrast with your view of, of fitness or health and wellness, you know, for, for just why you do what you do and like the everyday thing? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I agree with everything Kathleen said, just the fact that, you know, being being healthy, I think for the most part, people think you have to run a marathon or do a triathlon to be quote unquote healthy. But I think as long as you're taking steps to improve your respiratory, you know, getting your heart rate up a little bit, even if it's 10, 20 minutes a day, I mean, that's going to benefit you over the long haul. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be out there for hours um, doing, you know, a long bike ride or a really long run or a really long swim. It's just about being active and just getting movement into your into your routine mm-hmm. um, and even if you can't do it five days a week I mean do it two days a week or three right. days a week um, but it's just a, it's a total lifestyle change it's mm-hmm. it's um, and I think that's the key that we're trying to kind of come up with is is it's you don't have to be doing full Ironmans in order to be healthy. You can, <laughs> you can, you know, you can find a balance that's going to fit your lifestyle, but it needs to be incorporated as as a part of your daily routine to, mm-hmm. to really see the benefit. Instead of doing something one week, once a week, um, and then not doing anything for two or three weeks, I think it just needs to be a consistent part of your daily routine um, that that you'll see benefits. I think it's really important to find things that you enjoy because right. then it, you know, it sticks easier. Um, 
when especially when it comes to fitness and if people aren't used to doing that you know being active I think it's really important to find things you enjoy or finding a accountability partner you know different things like that it's kind of like with the food you know eating you know things that you don't enjoy because it's considered healthy yeah. how long is that going to stick for right. <laughs> yeah. not very long yeah no. so I think you know with the food and and the the activity it's important to find things you enjoy and I think it really just goes beyond that too just your mental state you know how you feel when you're exercising moving when you're eating healthy I think it just overall it's just it's really good for gut health, things like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sure. I know for me, when I'm, when I'm training, like we talk about like flow states or like being able to get into like a meditative state or right. this state where things kind of feel effortless. Like I get that when I work out and I right. do it when I, when I strength train. When I run, oh, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, how much longer do I have to go? Right. <laughs> but that's just because for me, strength training, resistance training is what allows me to feel feel that that sense so that's right. why I, I chose that mm-hmm. yeah. but it's like helping other people find that you can experience this meditative like state but it may be different for you for different exercises right. yeah right. whether it's uh the the three of the triathlon or the just the classes right, right. or you know weightlifting you know and i i think that um i agree with all of it and to me, it's always been about progression, you know, mm-hmm. like I love to go and, and look at where I am today and just try to progress. Mm-hmm. And so I'm uh, typically more goal oriented, like I have a hard time with fitness unless I'm working towards something. And yeah. mine doesn't necessarily have to be in, in, in an effort to achieve like a, a competition or mm-hmm. something like that. But it's almost like within myself, I have to set a date and a goal and say, okay, by this time, I need to have this accomplished. Because if not, I've done, I don't have an like... Yeah, and it's the daily grind of waking up and working towards that goal that helps to set the routine, Mm -hmm. as opposed to (laughs) if it was just like, okay, I go every Wednesday to this class, I don't, that's not enough of a motivator to me Mm -hmm. to like, I have to have kind of, but that's very much the way I look at business and even, you know, just my personal life in general, if I like, I I have to try to work towards something Mm -hmm. in order to kind of have that fuel and right wrong or indifferent that's right. kind of how i view mm-hmm. fitness for me and wellness right. is progression like where yeah. am i today one percent better like just try to you know and inevitably i fall off my diet goes oh, down mm-hmm. you know my sleep goes down but then again i'm always constantly reevaluating, saying hey it's time to to, to reevaluate mm-hmm. the sleep let's get back on schedule and, and yeah. progress i think it's a constant work in progress for all of us you know none of us are perfect none of our our nutrition's not perfect our activity's not perfect you know sleep's not perfect but it's always you know being able to get yourself back on track i think is really important i think that's where a lot of people just kind of give up it's like they fell off and it's like oh i just throw in the towel you know and mm-hmm. and and being able to get yourself back on track is is really big I think um, yeah. you know kind of reevaluate and start over um, it's never worth just throwing in the towel you know yeah. and I've noticed that especially around the holidays it seems to happen every year my you know I kind of get off the workout workout routine the activity goes to zero half the time but once I start back up I'm, I feel so good and I'm like why did I stop this you know so <laughs> yeah. you kind of get that that um, pick me up again. 
Yeah, and I think we can see in the general public like just how easy it is to fall off and then to get into that cycle of mm-hmm. poor habits because mm-hmm. it is hard to start. Yeah. You know, there's That's no doubt the about it. Like mm-hmm. that first week or two weeks back, like it's it's a challenge to now mm-hmm. make that commitment to yourself to mm-hmm. stay, you know, I'm going to make it to that class or I'm going to mm-hmm. get up when the alarm goes off or mm-hmm. I'm going to go to bed when it's time to go to bed. Right. Like, right. That's a very difficult thing. And then, you know, and so it's definitely understandable why so many people out there struggle with that. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe the solace is, is like, like if you, if you try, if you, you know, work towards it, you can get to that point where it becomes routine mm-hmm. again. Right. I think it's really, it's really easy not to eat healthy, not to be active, not to work on your sleep. You know, those things are very easy. It's much harder to have goals to work towards or to, you know, go to bed on time, wake up on time, you know, work on your nutrition plan or work on the activity. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of work. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it, I think it, that is overwhelming for a lot of people and to stick with it. You know, you need to stick with it. And if you don't, then you need to be able to get yourself back up and going again. Yeah. And so it's just very, you know, it's very easy to be let this way. And it takes a lot more work to be, you know, healthier. Well, you know, any anything worthwhile is right. going to take effort. Effort, yeah. And, um, you know... Yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna be um, you've got resistance in the way, and it's just like <laughs> yeah. building muscle. I mean, you have to have that resistance in order to get bigger or better, better or yeah. whatever. So mm-hmm. um, the resistance is there for a reason. It's mm-hmm. it's I mean, and and then when you accomplish either the goal or you go one week with with you know following your plan, it, you know you can feel better you know yeah. you can kind of reward yourself in in some specific way because yeah i mean it's it's effort it's work and it's 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 not it's not easy no, it's not, yeah, I mean, it, it takes commitment and, yeah. Sure. and it, yeah and it builds momentum like you said you get one week goes into two and then all of a sudden like it's not just progression it's also momentum that helps right. to carry you right exactly through um in community as well, community or coaches, mm-hmm. right? Whether you're uh, talking about your dietitian, like right. helps to keep you accountable, <laughs> your your triathlon group to help you make sure you're training, or or you know coaching in the weight room, like right. you know every you know successful businesses have business coaches, mm-hmm. like everybody has that accountability piece, or the people again you surround yourself with to help keep that momentum yeah. going, because inevitably there's days that resistance is going to be maybe a little too much, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, I mean, and that's kind of why we have started the Eat Love Triathlon is is to share, you know, our passion, our and and our experience. It's more Kathleen's experience as far as the nutrition end and healthy eating, healthy cooking, healthy recipes. And I mean, that's we just want to be able to share that with others that mm-hmm. you know that might not know the first step or the, yeah. you know how to put that all together so that's kind of but the passion behind why we created that yeah sure. tell tell yeah. the listeners exactly what um <laughs> eat love triathlon is you know because i don't think we've addressed that too much yet no not yeah um so we were talking and i had mentioned that i started my private practice but around that time or maybe even before we were kind of talking about 
doing something together. Well, people have, have told us. Yeah. Well, hey, you guys need give to the people some. what they want. Yeah. <laughs> Dietitian, world <clears throat> championship triathlete. It makes sense. <laughs> but um, so we kind of talked about it, but I think I was a little overwhelmed just you know, moving out of a full-time job at the VA hospital, doing my own thing. And honestly, I don't know if I was really ready to be in the triathlon world because of the struggles that we had experienced um, just in our personal relationship. But I think one day I just finally said, you know, if we're going to try, let's try. So we were trying to come up with names, thinking of all sorts of different things. And we finally just came up with Eat Love Triathlon because we felt like it embodied what, I guess, right. we were thinking with or what our ideas were. So the eat is the nutrition part. The, um, the love is just the relationship part. And yeah. then the triathlon is obviously Don's part. <laughs> Right. So that's kind of how we came up with it. And we, you, you know, we kind of drug our feet on it a little bit. It took time to get it um, put together. But uh, we finally launched our website and our social media right before he did his full Ironman at Chattanooga. Right. And it was really fun. You know, we thought it was kind of a bad, it, bad timing just because we had so much going on. But it was really fun because we, you know, talked about our travels over there and the race and, you know, how the race went. And there was a little, um, some, a little unexpected bike <laughs> <Right>. crash. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we got to talk about a lot of that and then we came home and we just started, you know, blogging and working on our social media and trying to talk to triathletes really. Right. So and how long has that been going on now? Just since the end of September. September. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. So not very long. Yeah. yeah. So this was the Chattanooga race last year then mm -hmm. in September, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of been the vision or the heart behind it is really just helping um, either newbie athletes or somebody that has been in that the triathlon space as far as um, you know eating healthy having good relationship with either you know your family you name it uh, friends even mm -hmm. um, and then just the love of the sport of triathlon and mm -hmm. what that means to people mm -hmm. so you know ha providing good advice in, in those three areas so, and I mean, we're just, just kind of getting our feet on the ground and, and figuring out what, what kind of resonates with not only us, but our audience. So mm -hmm. of those three, three kind of mm -hmm. um, disciplines, yeah. what we're do you offer any coaching services, nutrition related, or mm -hmm. what does that look like? Yeah, yeah. So um, I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching with triathletes, um, and really it just depends on, you know, what people are, what triathletes are needing at the time, mm -hmm. um, if it's just day-to-day -day nutrition, if it's helping, you know, stay nourished while training. I feel like that's a big one. Yeah. I feel like triathletes struggle with nourishing, especially as it gets closer to a, an endurance race, like a yeah. half or a full yeah. Ironman. I yeah. mean, you know, we even struggle with that for sure. Um, but yeah, so I definitely uh, offer one-on-one -on -one coaching and we're hoping to put some programs together in the future and things like that. So well, that stuff do some is online so coaching. Personalized, right? Like mm -hmm. to right. say, like, I mean, I've read countless nutrition books and um, tried to program, you know, for, for like just trying to say outline um, a healthy 
situation for eating or diet. And uh, the fact is, like, it's so different mm-hmm. from person to person. And so really one is. triathlete and their race and how they respond is going to be completely mm-hmm. different. And that's why personalization right. is right. so key. I think you yeah. could do kind of like a, a baseline for most athletes. But then right. if you it, then building on that is going to yeah. take one to one for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine how many calories just are, are burned <coughs> on a bike for five hours. Like, I just yeah, can't. It's like well, it's close to 3,000. 3,000 yeah. calories. 3,000 yeah. or more, yeah. So at Chattanooga, Don looked at his, at your watch. Or, yeah. Yeah, it was almost 10,000 calories. It was 9,000 something. I don't know right? if you remember. Full, yeah. yeah. And how do you eat during that time period? Or what do you ingest food, calories? Yeah, I mean, um, definitely on the bike, um, trying to to do at least 300, 250 to 300 calories per hour. And that can either be, especially at the beginning of the bike, you know, can be some solid food, you know, like uh, bars. I, lo- I like the... Uh, um, picky bars. Yeah, picky bars. Yeah, <laughs> I like those. Um, you know, definitely grabbing bananas at age stations and things like that. Um, and, you know, I... I use Carbo Pro in my bottles. Right. Um, some people use Infinite or Scratch. It just just depends. Um, and I like Gatorade, so I use Gatorade. Um, but yeah. And leading up to the race, doing carb loading, mm-hmm. making sure glycogen right. stores are like maxed out. Maxed out exactly. Like the pre pre like week. Is there is there a ritual or some sort of routine that you follow? Yeah, you know, I I really, I I have my routine, but Kathleen really does dials our my nutrition in as far as how what I'm eating ahead of time, and you know, I, you might be able to mention more of that, but you know, as far as the carb loading, you know, I'm eating more <laughs> more carbs mm-hmm. as far as food. low fiber. Yeah, yeah. low yeah. fiber because yeah. you want everything to be going through yeah, your simpler system. carbs. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Yeah, and then I'll use Carbo Pro um, at least you know at least four days out. I'll start you know increasing. I'll just put two scoops in a glass in the morning and at night yeah. just to just to keep you know carbs you know, piling <laughs> up. So yeah, um, but yeah, I mean I I think the the biggest thing that that and I guess that we'll find out in as we kind of develop our programs and and what we're going to be offering but we found that a lot of times you know people will see a race coming up and so they'll start eating healthy you know maybe that week of or the two weeks before but it it's it's all just like your training it's a building block Mm -hmm. and so you need to be setting this foundation along uh, ahead of time that's quite a ways out so that you can see the benefit not only in your race but in your training as Mm -hmm. well so that's kind of what our heart is to try to help people figure out, you know, uh, how to eat healthy as a lifestyle mm-hmm. instead of just, hey, I've got a race coming up, so I'm going to cut out, you know, all this junk. And so that the week before, I'll feel good. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you know, no, no, that way. Yeah. No. no. You're cutting out <laughs> calories, too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. More calories <laughs> exactly. Probably. That's one of our focuses, too, is just really trying to... Um, talk about how we eat and so we're predominantly plant-based and 
I don't eat any meat. I, I'll eat a little bit of seafood and fish. Don will eat a little bit of meat, but no, we don't no. make, you know, we don't cook that at home yeah. it's, if we go out. But, you know, just talking about more of a plant-based diet and really using that to fuel your body and not just focusing on the macronutrients, the protein, the carbohydrates, and the fat, but really getting in those micronutrients too mm -hmm. that just allow for your body, um, yeah, to use those vitamins and minerals and antioxidants. And not only for fueling, like on a day-to-day -day basis and during training and racing, but also to help with recovery too. So you're not having that lag in recovery. I think it can really help in that sense. And I mean, that's what Dawn, you know, does. That's what we do at home, mostly focus on plants. And it seems to really work for him and mm -hmm. yeah. his, his athletic ability. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, definitely has helped my performance. I mean, I, 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 I believe that. So it's like... Um, it's just a help. Totally for us, it's just a healthier way yeah. of eating and you know everybody's different and everybody needs to find what works for them so yeah. we're not like hammering at home you have to eat you know plants you have to you know you can't eat meat things like that but it's just trying to focus more right. on the plants yeah, you know sure. and less on um, all of the other stuff so yeah. yeah, well, especially processed foods. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's trying to get more whole, yeah. plant-based foods. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that that's a, a great place to start. Is the whole foods starting there, limiting mm -hmm. the processed as much as possible, mm -hmm. and then, uh, like you said, figuring out what feels best within the body and right. you know, adjusting that over time. Right. And I think micronutrients are important, um, and uh, yeah, the. Um, my wife, um, Stephanie, has been talking a lot recently just about sustainability from a, a diet standpoint, mm -hmm. not so much just performance or anything else, but just looking at it as a whole, like, big picture, like, what is sustainable and what is, you know, best for, for, for that, and, you know, we still eat meat and everything, but just looking at trying to say, hey, what, is there a way that we can do everything that we're doing now and, and, and feel the same way, if not better, and, and what does that diet look like for us? So right. She's kind of having fun diving into all that. Right, yeah. right, yeah, definitely, exactly, just finding what, what works and what you can sustain and not have the new diet, you know, yeah. the next diet, right. you know, that you only follow for a month and you're exactly. like, oh, I can't do this anymore, this is terrible, you know, that's not the point, it's finding something that works for you every single day, and if you fall off, you know, you get back on it, and, <laughs> and but that's what you enjoy, and that's what works for you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we don't, I mean, I eat ice cream, we have cookies, we <laughs> will make cookies, and I mean, it's like, it's not that we are so strict that we don't enjoy our eating, because, I mean, that's, we have taste buds, right. and, you know, we're, we're made to, to right. enjoy things, yeah. right, and right. so we need to make it an enjoyable experience and not something that is so restrictive. Not have a lot of food rules and yeah. things like that. Yeah, right. I think that's the hardest part for people as far as education of like where to start mm -hmm. and having someone guide them with that process is huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The When you look at your clients now or when you look at your audience, maybe not clients as of yet, but... Um, have you found areas where they're asking for more information? Is it just diet or have you found them kind of seeking? Is there one area where they're it's surprising you like, oh, I didn't realize I'd have to educate them on the toll it takes with the relationship or how we get through this? Or... Um, most of it's been, I think, on nutrition. Well, mindset. 
well I think is huge yeah. just because people do have the diet mentality or they have food rules I can't eat this or I can't eat mm-hmm. that and so I think <clears throat> you know a lot of Kathleen's um, you know educating clients is almost setting a, a base or setting a foundation of hey this is this is the proper mindset when you have you know good nutrition mm-hmm. and so I think that that would be probably the foundation of because of, we have we have bad thinking sometimes when it comes just from the media standpoint and advertisements oh, yeah. and everything mm-hmm. they're telling you this is good this is bad and um, it's so confusing there's so much information out there like you were saying is kind of where do I start you know or if you know I've had some stuff come up about, you know, I'm going more plant-based or vegan, but how am I going to get my protein? Because, you know, we're so focused on animal protein that that's what's going to make us strong. That's going to build our muscles, you know, um, or uh, just trying to get the nutrition right with the training and, you know, tracking a lot of, uh, like, tracking every day what you're eating, I and, and tracking's okay, you know, to a certain extent, but I feel like sometimes when you're doing that on a regular daily basis for a long length of time, it can lead to a lot of other things. Yeah, totally. um, so I'm not a big fan of that, but it does, it, for short periods, it will give you a picture of information. But yeah, just, um, just yeah, getting the nutrition right um, and it, somebody's going more plant-based, like where do I get my protein? How do I balance that out? Things like that. Yeah, it's so interesting because PT is the same way of there's good exercises versus bad exercises. And most of the time they come in here are like, who told you that? And it's just, that's what they found on YouTube. Right. Or on Facebook or <laughs> Google. Instagram. Google, yeah. Like, no, no, yeah. you can do that. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's a lot less dogmatic than we think yeah. it is, number one. Correct. But then on the... On the other side of things, we don't know what we don't know. I find it amazing. I don't know anything about nutrition, and I'll be the first one to say it, but what I do know is, let's talk about sugar. Like, I know that there's right. a, a culprit there, and that, that, you know, but when you talk to the general public, and they know that maybe, like, soda or, you know, uh, soft drinks are bad, they don't necessarily always understand why or what, and they can't put that into words and context. And right. because and, and, and so they take that same thinking and then talk about any boxed food, or mm-hmm. and you start adding up all the sugar content and all these different things, and you, you recognize, you kind of start to see them be like, oh, wow, like the, an entire day's worth of, you know, just Calories. sugar is, yeah. or yeah, are in this product. Or, <laughs> right. And, you don't realize that most of the people, you know, I would say the, the majority of people don't have an understanding, a true understanding of what that mm-hmm. is. So when they're making decisions in the grocery store, it's very difficult to mm-hmm. like, to, to even make an educated decision. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's right. where I, I see a huge hole. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think there's, you know, there's a lot of athletes that have a decent understanding of nutrition and just need help tweaking or trying to put concepts together. And then I've, you know, found that there is a whole nother section of um, athletes, triathletes that just, you know, have, <laughs> don't do anything with their nutrition. And I feel like if that was dialed in more, yeah. performance and endurance probably could increase a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, 
yeah, it's interesting that sometimes that piece is like completely, you know, not thought about or really not looked at. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... And, in my, and I was very surprised about that. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. But I thought that all triathletes ate healthy. Right. Or no... <laughs> yeah. How to fuel their body. Right. right. Or yeah. know how to... Yeah, yeah exactly. And um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of confusion out there, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's next on, um, I guess, the ticket for Eat, Love, Try? Anything coming up in the near that we should be looking for? Um, yeah. I mean, we're going to start developing um, kind of some programs um, either to do online or um, either nutrition-wise. There's My heart is to, to put together a mindset course mm-hmm. of, of really – because that's – you know, leading up to a race and during the race. I mean, mindset is huge. Um, going Absolutely. going back to the Chattanooga race that I just had. I mean, I uh, just to finish that race was just a huge, uh, you know, mindset game. Um, I I had crashed at mile eighty five and actually um, fractured my shoulder. Didn't know it at the time and. Um, got through the bike and started out on the run, but it would, it was just a mindset of uh, you know of of trying to get through that that the race and you know you see that in other athletes because it's either hard conditions it's hot it's cold it's wet it's windy I mean you, all those those little things add up and they really um, cause you. To, the, the mind to kind of take over it's like slow down or stop mm-hmm. this isn't worth it mm-hmm. why are you doing this yeah. yourself I mean those whole all that that mind chatter that goes on in in and during the event I mean it's 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 something that you can control and you can get on top of but mm-hmm. it takes practice and it takes um, you know doing it over a period of time and you can figure out that you know, number one, you're not gonna die, so you can keep going, and, mm-hmm. um, and so, so it. But, like, what? Wait, are you yeah, sure? Yeah, I mean, so for me, I mean, the 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 key components is is definitely the you know meditation, affirmations, visualization, and and. Um, you know, there's another aspect. It's creating an alter ego. I don't know if you guys have heard of that, but um, um, uh, what's his name? I can't remember it. Uh oh. Yeah. Um, he wrote a book. Um, shoot, I can't remember the name. <laughs> That's all right. I've definitely no, heard of Todd, the idea. Todd Herman. Todd Herman. Yeah. The, okay. Um, um, Alter, alter ego effect so mm-hmm. it's like you know empowering or in, empowering yourself it's like um, um, uh, Kobe Bryant his alter ego was the the black mamba so every time he stepped on the court he wasn't Kobe right. Bryant he was black mamba so oh, that's it's funny. like that's why you think that was his alter ego and so it's like helping you come up with things or tactics that you can use to you know kind of propel propel you to perform better yeah absolutely 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to do some reading. Yeah, no, it sounds like a good book. Yeah, it is. It's a really good book. Um, The Alter Ego. What was it? It's uh, Todd Herman. Yeah. The Alter Ego Effect. Alter Ego Effect. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's worked with professional businessmen, um, business people, um, athletes, tennis players. I mean, you name it. And it all has to do... It's the same thing. It's the mind. It's the the mind is is where that extra bit of performance you can grab or you can kind of get that um, land grab, yeah. so that you can perform better. It's actually it's a pretty cool concept. I think that's a good segue into um, kind of like rapid fire questions. <laughs> okay, go for <laughs> you know? it. Uh, so it's just try to, you know, one word, two word answers, whatever your direct answers to the question. I'm going to put Matt on the spot too to come up with one or two of them. But, <laughs> okay, good. Um, we'll go with uh, like uh, Kathleen, what's your favorite word? Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I used to use that one all the time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Don, do you have a favorite word? Wow. Um, His will be much more meaningful. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I believe, I guess. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Favorite food. Favorite food. Can it be a... I love ice cream. Yeah, right? any food. Yeah. Favorite. Is there a type specific? Um, pistachio. Ooh. Yeah, I like pistachio. But I'm a, I'm a big pasta fan, too. I love pasta. <laughs> Me? Yeah. I love Mexican. I could eat that every day. But I just love, love, love avocados. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, she, cheese easy. is a close second. Cheese is a close second, yeah. 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 That's awesome. What, um, what book are you reading right now? I'm not reading a book, but oh, I need no. to. I know. That's yeah. one of my goals for 2020 is to read a little bit more. Yeah. It's a good goal. It's mine yeah. too. I have a hard time fitting that in, yeah. but it needs to be there. Yeah. Honest. I mean, I'm like. He's always reading a book. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like listening to two or three or reading um, The 12 Week Year by Brian Moran. Um, definitely, the I would recommend The Alter Ego Effect by Todd Herman. Um, but. Um, Cyber Cybernetics is a cool <laughs> one. I mean, it's there's. You've got I, a lot of them. Yeah, I've got. That's good. Have you read the uh, David Goggins? Um, Can't hurt me. Heard yeah, I have not really yet. Good. It's on my list. It's but I haven't cool. got there That's yet. That's a good one. Yeah. That, man's yeah, that guy's amazing. insane. Man. Yeah. He he really is. He's 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 got it going on. All right, this one's a question for Don. Don, what is your favorite experience you've had with triathlon yet? Maybe it's a race. Maybe it's a training session. Um, yeah, I mean, I could say honestly, just competing in Kona was huge. Uh, it was uh, I really had a tough time on the bike. I was about a half hour longer than I think I wanted to be, but and I was so ready to get off the bike. I mean, it was just, oh man, it was a tough course, very windy the year that I did it. Um, so had a head head headwind so. But just being able to see my fam, my fam, a lot of my family was there, and and it was I wasn't in very good shape coming across the finish line, <laughs> but um, it was it was an amazing experience, yeah. And then we got to stay a week after, and kind of enjoy the island. And, yeah, absolutely. And so that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then really this last Ironman that I did in Chattanooga was just sweet. Just being able to finish and. Even though I didn't get a spot to go to Kona, I was third in my age group. Even though I had, 
crash. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Even in the face of all that adversity, which is <laughs> yeah, nice in and of its own self. So yeah, it was it was cool. Kathleen, what uh, you know, you're at a conference getting ready to present about Eat Love Triathlon and all things mm-hmm. nutrition related. You have a walkout song. What is it? Oh man! Oh my gosh! <laughs> that is awesome. Well, my, the first song that comes to my mind is Pour Some Sugar on Me. But go. I don't I know if that should perfect. be my walkout song. I think it would be a perfect walkout song. Oh my this. gosh, that is like the song from high school. <laughs> That's awesome. Although I don't, yeah, I'm not sure if that, that would be my walkout would, song. That would be, people yeah. would be like, what? Sugar's yeah. 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 not bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I like that one a lot. <laughs> Matt, um, one. What would be the one piece of advice you give somebody who's new to triathlon? One, one, one piece, piece of advice. You first. <laughs> Find a dietitian. There it is. I love it. Yeah. Um, I would, I would say find either a community that you can be involved with or a coach. Yeah. You know, that would be cool. That would be critical, just because of the fact that. There's accountability relationship in that community, for sure. Yeah. And I'll second that. I just ran my first half marathon last weekend, and uh, had I not had a coach, I don't think things would have been mm-hmm. nearly as good mm-hmm. as they were. I, I wouldn't say they were good by any means, but um, held me accountable, gave me a plan so I didn't have to think, so I was never right. questioning whether or not right. the plan that I was following was a good plan. Right. Um, and it just allowed me to wake up, look at my schedule. Yep, okay, that's what I got to do. Go yeah. do it. And then the day came, and um, all the accountability kept me on track. Yeah. And then I was there. And, um, yeah. you know, is it, yeah, you got to pay for stuff, but at the same time. Um, well, well, just being able to show up and do something is so nice. We are saying there's something about showing up to the gym, showing up to get on the bike, the pool, and having a plan laid out for you that you don't have to think about at all. Yeah. Right. It's like you could know everything about that you need to know about triathlon, everything you know about strength training, but when it comes down to getting there and actually organizing it yourself, it's just such a nice like relief off of your shoulders to have somebody tell you, Hey, you're doing this and you're just like, Okay, I'm just gonna do it. Exactly. Right? It takes you out of the thinking seat and just being in that, that seat of, Okay, I'm gonna be the athlete, I'm just going to do. Right. So helpful. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. No, the action part is, I mean, that's the key of anything. I mean, if you have a plan or you have a thought of a plan, but if you don't execute, I mean, that's 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 where you're going to find the, the improvement is the, in the execution. So, Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you uh, all hanging out with me. Matt, you as well. Um, Kathleen, Dawn, yeah. thank, thank you very you. much. Yeah. Thank um, you. We love triathlon. Where can uh, people find out more? Instagram, social media, website? Yeah, we have a website. It's called Eat Love Triathlon. So awesome. you can find us there. And then we're on Facebook and Instagram at Eat Love Triathlon. Both of them, yeah. So, and on the website, there's a contact form. So if anybody, you know, is looking for a dietitian, help, you know, dialing in the nutrition or just wants to um, ask questions, you know, to Dawn about triathlon or mindset, anything like that, you know, can fill out the contact form on the website or just DM us, PM us, whatever it's called (laughs) on Facebook Facebook and Instagram um, and reach out that way. 
Yeah, and our email is hello at Eat Love Triathlon. And then, yeah, and even on the website, we've got some blogs um, posted there talking about predominantly plant-based. And we've got some great mm -hmm. just free resources in there within the blogs. So Yeah, we have good. a free resource right now. It's the 10 easy plant-based recipes for triathletes that take 30 minutes or less in the kitchen. So oh, yeah. if you want that, you can go over to the website and grab it. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, we'll make sure that we link, um, you know, the the handles for your social, and then also the website Thank and you. the show notes, so that when people click on there, they'll they'll have that. Awesome. Um, appreciate yeah. it. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Thank, Thank you. Yeah. Thank us. you. We appreciate it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on the Healthy Charleston podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, we would love for you to head over to Instagram, search Healthy Charleston, one word, like, follow, comment on today's episode. If you have any questions, comments, if you have possible guests that you want us to bring on, if you have any topics you want us to discuss, reach out there, send us a direct message. We would love some feedback. Also, if you get any extra time, head over to iTunes, give us a rating. Again, put comments there. We love your feedback. Have a phenomenal day.